This episode is not sponsored by NatureBox because chewing on a podcast is disgusting and rustling bags is terrible podcasting. Hello and welcome back to the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast where this week's episode is so similar to the previous one, you'll wonder why we even bothered. I'm your host Gabe Rodriguez and this week we're talking about Beauty and the Beast. Taylor's oldest time. Be our guest, put our service to the test. I went to see Beauty and the Beast last Friday with a couple of friends and my sisters and uh... Very few of my friends were willing to come and and see this movie because of the whole LeFou is gay thing. So if you haven't heard about this, if you haven't been on the internet in the last uh, couple of weeks, if you haven't been paying attention to the movie scene, there's been some backlash as far as the LeFou character goes. And um, so I just I guess I just want to get this out of the way before I actually uh, review the movie. Really, no spoilers in here. I'm I'm gonna spoil about thirty seconds of this film. So, the the character of LeFou has three things that might indicate that he is a uh, homosexual, and they all take less than a minute of of screen time. Well, one is pervasive, but. That one's that's the okay, and that one is that his sort of mannerisms are similar to things that are taken as stereotypically gay. So I mean, but that can if you're trying to say if you're trying to say that a particular person is gay is homosexual, you would not be able to guess a lot of the time if you're just going by their mannerisms. Uh, they can, especially at at this level, at LeFou's level of feminine mannerisms, you wouldn't be able to tell. So that's the first thing. Second thing is the way that he acts around and sort of dotes on Gaston. And again, it could just be that he's a weird character and he's very attached to Gaston. You have to be odd and probably have something twisted in your brain to like be friends with Gaston the way that this guy is um and that's not necessarily his uh his sexual orientation that is you know uh twisted from the way that a Christian might view it um and I'm trying not to take sides when I say that because I'm just I want to be objective just in this moment right now what I feel towards homosexuality doesn't actually matter because I'm trying to just prove that the idea that he is homosexual is either open to interpretation or inconsequential to the actual movie. So I'm going to... Let me continue. The third one is when, uh, at the end, when there's a dance, LeFou, like spins uh as part of the dance there's a, a spin and a you're going to the next partner type of thing and i forget what kind of dance that's called i think we call it a barn dance whenever homeschoolers get together and do this type of thing but it's a a dance where you switch partners and so he spins around and he switches partners right into 
another man and they like hold each other for a second in this you know whole like kind of a tango dance pose and then they're, they're like both surprised but not uh revolt re repulsed by this and then it cuts and then i looked to see in the wide shot afterwards uh whether or not they were still dancing and as best as I could see, my eyes darted all across that screen as quickly as possible trying to look for two black jackets right next to each other, you know, holding each other, and they were not there. So, you know, the dance went on and, you know, the mix-up was sort of, you know, unmixed up. <laughs> it was resolved. So, and the argument that I sort of want to make here is that all of these sort of like jokes oh there was one more joke that um the the other guy that ended up dancing with get uh, not Gaston but LeFou the other guy that ended up dancing with LeFou had this joke earlier where um Madame What's-Her-Face the big wardrobe uh lady she like dressed up three of Gaston's henchmen slash the townspeople in like dresses and uh, powdered makeup and whatever and uh, two out of the three guys ran away screaming because, you know, the violation of being in a dress. And the the third guy, like, turned around to Madame Wardrobe or whatever her name is and, like, smiled, like, <laughs> like you know, bashful, but, like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to him kind of thing. And, you know, that he enjoyed being in a dress. And... And then he like skips away and it's, but it's the same type of joke that they would have made in, you know, in a Snow White, in a sleep, well, not in a Sleeping Beauty because they don't, there's, are there any really, there's no male comedic characters in that, but you know, in like Snow White or any of those older cartoons, I'm blanking on everything now in a, in a Minnie and Mickey Mouse movie, whatever. They'd make that same type of joke and nobody would bat an eye because no one thinks homosexual when they think of a you know a guy being dressed in a in a dress by somebody else and then not hating it. I I don't know. Where am I going with this? It's an innocuous joke, I feel like. Maybe okay, and now I I can hear <laughs> Facebook saying that if they're taken together, you can say that they're, um, that LeFou is homosexual. Uh, because the one guy does something, uh, stereotypically homosexual, and then, you know, the, and then they end up dancing together for two seconds, and they don't hate it. But even if he is homosexual in a movie, they're making fun of him. He is, like, I don't know if it translates to The Fool. Somebody online ha had mentioned that it translates to that. But even if it doesn't, it sounds like The Fool. He is The Fool in the movie. And the other guy who is maybe homosexual in the movie was used as the butt of a joke. So if you think that this is somehow pushing their agenda, we're making fun of them in this movie. So... Unless you think that you and your children are all people who are susceptible to 
basically mind controlled because that's what they that's what is implied when you say subliminal messages subliminal messages can only affect you if you are so just look hypnotism doesn't even work if you they can't make you do something that is not in your belief system so uh, I mean, who, who is this affecting? Little kids are not going to get it. Like, I didn't, when I was, uh, you know, five, six, eight years old watching uh, those old cartoons that I talk, <laughs> was mentioning that I can't actually give you a specific example of this type of joke happening. But if you've watched any of those or, you know, watched a bunch of those movies on VHS, you know that those types of jokes happen. And when I was, you know, a kid that went straight over my head as anything being even remotely homosexual it was just like oh this guy was in a dress and it's funny because he liked it and that's weird <laughs> like why would he like that that's look at this guy go on go on go get changed get out of here <laughs> crazy kid so i don't i don't see the harm in it it's not it's not hurting anyone um, this would not have even been an issue, and literally everyone has said this, this would not have been an issue if the producer or director or whoever was involved with the movie had not said this before the movie ever came out. If people had just gone to the movie and watched it, and this would have been my reaction. I won't speak for everybody else in this. This would have been my reaction. I would have gone home, you know, said whatever else I have to say about it. I'll get into that in a second. Uh... And then two weeks later, I would have been like, hmm, you know what? I think LeFou might have been a homosexual. Hmm. And then I would have continued eating my cereal or whatever I was doing when I had that thought. Because it doesn't matter. And now that I've spent uh, 11 minutes on that, I'm going to continue. <laughs> All right, so that's out of the way. Uh, did I like this movie or didn't I? Uh Ask me if I liked the 90s cartoon. Did I like the 90s cartoon? Yes, I liked the 90s cartoon. Thanks for asking. And so this movie was basically that. It was a cartoon that came out... Well, I guess it's too much to say it's a cartoon. Um, because beauty, the, the Beast is a, is a computer-generated dude. Half of the scenery, I'm sure, is... Uh, the candlestick and the clock and all the other furniture, they're all, you know, not real. So, I mean, is it really that much of a stretch to say this is a cartoon? It's an okay movie overall. I mean, I I really enjoyed watching it, but the more I think about it, I'm like, in a couple of years, this, you know, the, the CG is not going to hold up and the added songs are going to be fine but they're not going to be enough to carry it over the cartoon. I feel like the cartoon is just, if you want to watch one or the other, you're going to go for the cartoon. For maybe the next five five years, I don't know, uh, maybe you'll put in uh, Beauty and the, you know, the, this new Beauty and the Beast versus the cartoon. Now it, it just, makes this wrinkle where we have to actually uh, specify whether we mean the live action version or the cartoon. 
because they named it the exact same thing and they're both Disney. So you can't say the Disney version and the other one. You get to say like the 90s cartoon or the live action version. So that's going to be annoying. But uh, yeah, this I don't think this movie is really going to endure. It was it was great watching it. Um, but the the even the graphic, the computer, the, how do you even say that anymore? The CG is like it didn't it didn't pull me in it sort of pulled me out because of uh how the beast looked i kept i kept thinking that he should have had a muzzle instead of like a human mouth with 90 percent regular human teeth and like just kind of bigger canines uh there was a part where he kind of smiled just a little bit i was like man that dude has regular teeth um uh and then he like growled later and he had his canine. So the, uh, all I can assume is that he's got regular teeth up until his canines. But uh, yeah, that took me out because I was like, wow, this is a very uh, Baroque gold looking room with uh, a beast who is not really there. And look, wow, Emma Emma Watson's like eyeline is really close to where... You know, the beast's eyes actually are. I wonder if they had a tennis ball on that or if they had like a man standing or... Oh, right, they're dancing. Right, I gotta get back to the movie. Right. Oh, wow, they only danced one dance? Okay, all right, I guess that, that was in the cartoon too. See, like my thought process, my thought process during the movie should not have been, you know, comparing it uh, to see how close a shot-for-shot remake it was and you know how good Emma Watson's like eyeline was. Oh, and there goes my phone. It's it's dying. Um, why why was that the case? Because it it didn't keep me in the movie. There were there were parts where, and it was mostly the new parts uh, that they added that actually you know engaged me. Uh, like the, wait, I, I wait, I'm not telling, I'm not saying spoilers yet. Okay. Um, what else? The singing was great. I don't know what everyone's talking about when, uh, they're saying that Emma, I'm really trying hard not to say Emma Stone because I've been talking about Emma Stone for like the past two months. Uh, maybe not that, even that long. I don't even know. Emma Watson, her voice is fantastic. I don't know what anyone's talking about. And, uh, I guess her acting is pretty good too. Uh, I'm a little bit distracted by uh, the entire the huge crush that I have on Emma Watson. So don't don't take anything take everything I say about her with a huge grain of salt. Um, let's see. Somebody complained about the dress. This was before I saw the movie, and yeah, it looks a little modern. Big deal. Um, the the Beast's voice. Uh, was Dan Stevens did a really good job, I think, uh, as the voice. Maybe they could have gotten somebody else to do the Beast's actual voice because they had to. Um, I, I guess I'm talking about the Beast while he's singing. Like Dan Stevens, I assume, sang it and it was really good. Uh, they but they had to do too much like distortion with his voice to make it deep and growly and resounding throughout the entirety of his body and throughout the whole of you know the 
cavernous banquet hall that he had and whatever. It's, it was just, it was too much work for those sound designers or whoever, you know, the sound effects guys, because they did a good job if you just took a snippet of it, but it wasn't consistent. Like, it wasn't always the same uh, resonance, the same uh, amount of echo and and deepness and whatever. It, I'm not describing it well, but it wasn't consistent. Okay, and and then when he sang, all of that, all of that beast, you know, no, uh, sound, all of that went away. You know, and he sounded like a human. He didn't sound like a beast anymore when he sang. Uh, I don't know why I'm repeating myself so much in this episode. I'm trying to be all uh, specific and <laughs> and uh, make it impossible for me to misunderstand or to for anyone else to misunderstand. <sighs> this is what sleep does to me, guys. I just whew, got so much energy. I can say things three times before I go on to the next thing. Uh, so, yeah, the singing was good. The acting was good. Uh, the... CG was real glossy and not that great, I want to say. Because, like, uh, Lemire and Cogsworth looked great, and, you know, I guess the furniture looked okay. It was kind of weird and still kind of glossy and unbelievable that they would move in that way. Like, the, say... I think Groot has tree noises whenever he moves around, and definitely the monster in Monster Calls has, like, tree noises when he moves around. So maybe if they had used sound a little bit more to their advantage when the furniture moves, but that's that's a nitpick, whatever. Like I said, the the CG wasn't super effective. It kind of pulled me out a little bit. Uh, let's see, Gaston... Uh, what's, I don't remember that guy's name, but he is, he's pretty good. He sings really well. Like even on stage, he and, um, Hugh Jackman had a Gaston off. Uh, If you want to look that up on YouTube, it's just like Hugh Jackman has a Gaston off with whatever that other guy's name is. Uh, he was pretty good. He, he was big. The, the whole, they kind of hamstrung themselves when they had that line, Am I, am I spoiling anything? I don't know if I'm actually going to have a spoiler section. Um, I don't know. Because if, if you've seen the 90s version, you've seen this version. And, and there's a couple extra songs and LeFou. They changed LeFou a little bit. That's it. So, yeah, I guess spoilers from here. Who cares? Um, he he had a Gaston off, the main... The main the, the actor that plays Gaston in this movie had a Gaston off with Hugh Jackman on like a live show. I forget which show it was. And he did really well. Like Hugh Jackman just let him let him go and uh, sort of won that competition. But he was just like dynamic and, you know, bombastic, even just on a live show, not even in the movie. And uh, in the movie, he was great, too, is what I'm saying. So and I'm impressed that he could just kind of do that on the spot, uh, even though you know he's got practice and whatever, and he's still in practice because he's still doing press for the movie. But whatever, I'm impressed. Also, Hugh Jackman's voice isn't that good. Fight me. Um, 
who else do we have in the movie? We have the old man who probably wasn't consistent enough in his uh, craziness. He went back and forth a little bit. Uh, like, I feel like he could have kept it together enough to convince the townspeople that he wasn't crazy. Whereas in the actual, in the cartoon, he was, he was a little bit crazy and not socially conscious enough. Socially conscious? Socially aware? Socialized? He wasn't properly socialized. So he didn't quite know how to go about convincing people that there was a beast. And uh, they didn't believe him. And so that was believable in the cartoon, but it wasn't believable here. Um, I, I could have sworn I liked this movie. I did, uh, let's see. It, I, I don't know. It was... It was effective in the moment because I went, I looked past the crappy CG and I looked past, which they must have spent so much money on, like it's just so much. Uh, but they just, they went for the wrong look, I think. Um, the, the glossy look just doesn't work as well as, you know, like a, like a, geez, a darker look, but not a, not really even a darker look, like a, a more homely look where everything isn't shiny and new some things are used you know like ordinary things not gritty and all this other crap just kind of in the middle where it's used and it looks real like like why hasn't anyone everybody's either you know the star wars prequels where everything freaking shiny and new and and glossy and wonderful or you know they're rogue one where everything's got to be gritty and used and lived in and and dark and you know and super gritty what is this you gotta you can strike a balance and it looks real because it's ordinary it's in the middle most good things are in the middle (laughs) so uh yeah but in the moment, it was effective. I was clapping along with everybody else. I maybe I wouldn't have clapped if not if I was by myself. But you know, everybody else clapped. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll you know, I'll give this a round of applause. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, let's see, what else? What else is there to say? Also, the other music was good. That that Emma Watson. See, look at Emma Watson wasn't singing. That was still, it was still fine. Oh, uh, on the subject of it being a shot-for-shot remake, remake, it had, uh, at the end, when he, okay, uh, I already said spoilers, he transforms back into the, you know, the Ken doll with long hair that is Dan Stevens as the Beast, who is now the Prince. Gosh, I really hate that, too. He looks like, he's the beast when he's not the beast he is the king the he is tarzan if he never went to the jungle and became you know a badass and a king the king of the jungle uh he is uh just everything cool is stripped away from him and he's just a pretty boy again like that's one of my only gripes about the cartoon why couldn't they have changed that so that he at least looks like someone that, you know, I I couldn't slap 
and get him to cry. Like, what is this? Why does he... And he even his, and his hair looked dyed. Like, he, they gave him, you know, stubble. Uh, and really, he would have probably had a beard. It's magic. Who cares? The... But he get, they gave him stubble, whereas... And it's, like, dark because he is a dark-haired man. Whereas his hair was, like, blonde and nicely combed and everything. And he just, it just looked weird. It's like uh, when, when a when a girl has like black eyebrows and like really light blonde hair. It, I'm gonna get flack for that, aren't I? Because <laughs> sometimes I can look okay. But it, do you understand what I'm saying? It looked weird when that happened. Like you could, you, you should have shaved him a little bit more. It's it's a little bit of a weird creeper thing to have like five o'clock shadow and stubble when you have really light hair anyway what was i even talking about before that oh the um the the shot for shot thing he when he's transforming in the cartoon it goes you know hand light coming from each of his fingers and it transforms and then his leg transforms and then his feet transform and then his face transforms and he flips around oh all fairy-like and then he's the prince again and it's literally the same exact thing in the live-action remake why is it shot for shot i don't understand okay um mm -hmm. that's probably the only one that's shot for shot and then the songs are the same and then oh okay the beast song uh towards the end it's really cool it's a little bit um, repetitive, but I like it. It has real emotion, and you get to <laughs> you get to see the 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 beast what he's thinking, and it, it's cool. It's a cool look into the character. But also, I was laughing during the movie because I'm a terrible person. But I was laughing during the movie uh, because <laughs> I was just imagining that in the cartoon, it's this like just like guttural just with all of his being he roars in agony and i'm just imagining <laughs> meanwhile this is what it means by the way bell please don't leave me bell it's like that's not the song at all i just made that up <laughs> it's like this whole song is this translation of one roar by an animal uh, it, it was just, I don't know. I was laughing at my own joke. It's not really that funny, but just that juxtaposition between this just bestial roar and like him singing a song. And it's, that's the whole translation it takes like six and a half minutes. <sighs> like I said, I could have sworn I liked this movie, but I have one more gripe because I treat these things like I'll never talk about this again, but, um, <laughs> The Enchantress, like, she has some serious commitment to her, like, lesson to this one boy. You know, he's not even the king anymore. Everyone's forgotten that he's a king. I don't know how they're running their, themselves. They're probably as free as they've ever been. But the commitment that she shows by, like, becoming a townsperson, and a townsperson that ostensibly has been there for a very long time. Of course, she can. She, like, wiped away everyone's memory, so... 
she can probably implant memories too. But they remember her as being the crazy lady of the village. So, what? <laughs> Why is she just there in the background? I totally... Look, I can't prove this, but I saw this coming when uh, she was just kind of like standing there silent and just not moved by anything that was happening in, in you know, around her. Yeah, I don't know why she had to be there the whole time. She's just kind of like being stalkerish in the background. Uh, that's a lot of commitment is all I'm saying. Uh, she comes back for the the like reveal of he's actually a prince and everyone remembers each other and whatever it's like it's she didn't need to be there anymore she could have been there in the beginning they could have gotten someone who was uh actually attractive like super super attractive i don't know what this lady looks like in real life but they made her look like someone who doesn't eat and is beaten like regularly she had a black eye through most of the movie and in the, the in the beginning when they're when before the curse well during the curse the enchantress like reveals herself to be the enchantress and like they say you know she's she was revealed as a beautiful enchantress and she's like this glowing light weird like flowy thing and uh sure light is beautiful and that light had sort of a face but the only reason that you had to spend thousands of dollars on that computer character is because you didn't want to change that line that the chant the enchantress was beautiful and you also didn't want to just get someone who is beautiful or if the one if the girl that you made look like the town like the poorest person in the town and someone who is beaten and doesn't eat you didn't want to make her like beautiful you didn't want to do her up in, in a dress and let her look like she eats sometimes <sighs> i'm trying really hard not to sound sexist but you know what i mean why didn't they just have one or the other of those things and then just give her the paycheck and that's it that's all you're in the movie for it's fine the enchantress that's her whole role and then the curse breaks and it all unravels itself. She sets it in motion and it just unravels itself. All of that being said, you will either, depending on how much you've watched the cartoon, because some of the people, two of the girls that I went with to uh, watch this movie, and I went with like a whole family, so shut up. Um, they were like, I... I I noticed this, you know, her dress was, her hood and dress thing when they were in the snow is exactly the same, and I'm putting words in their mouth, I'm just making examples, that, and then this was different because they threw the snow differently in that way, and there was, oh, there was a puff of smoke, like a, like a puff of air uh, when he breathed out, uh, when <laughs> something, there was literally like a, a part where, oh, it was a wolf, a wolf like growled and then there was a puff of air uh, in the cartoon and that wasn't there in the movie and that was one of her favorite parts. It was a tiny little part that was just a little bit different. So it, it depending on how, how meticulous you are in watching the cartoon and uh, how much you love it and also like how much you are particular about movies in general, 
or and then if you just go to watch a movie and you've never seen the 90s version you will really like this movie if you're like me uh and really like beauty and the beast regardless you will enjoy your time and then afterwards maybe you'll go that was really similar to the 90s version and maybe i'll just watch that so there you go whichever box you check that's probably what you're going to think about it and if you've seen this movie i'd really appreciate like what did you think and what was your particular experience with beauty and the beast like like a big movie snob liked the cartoon hated the movie not much of a movie snob liked the cartoon liked the movie uh that type of thing any you know how much of a movie snob you are and then what you thought of the two movies if you can fit that in a tweet and tweet it to me i would love you forever so i think that's about it um how would how would this rank in the in with the other live action films you know because I, I really liked cinderella and jungle book was like amazing but jungle book had really bad uh singing from bill murray and christopher walken and then uh but everything else was great and they added like a character like an actual character development and uh a, gave Shere Khan like a story and a character where and then what was the other one what did I just say uh Cinderella they added like uh the her whole mantra was a little bit different and they had like a, a story and a theme that they wanted to convey and they conveyed it where and then like even the the prince had a little bit more character they developed the evil stepmother a little bit more i liked cinderella's portrayal cinderella's portrayal of lily james i really liked that that was really good and uh i mean what can you say bad about cinderella i mean i don't love helena bonham carter as the like magic stepmother but fairy godmother (laughs) but it's like it's it's whatever so i'm gonna oh and then what is it alice in wonderland is there also i didn't hate the first alice in wonderland the second one is just okay you know it's a 48 percent whatever um yeah i think that's it that's of any note right there's probably some other ones i don't know but if i don't remember them they're probably worse than alice in wonderland so i'm gonna go jungle book is still the best one uh just because it's it's a flipping cartoon that looks like it's live action they bill it as a live action movie and really it's a a kid a live action kid in a cartoon so that's insane and then but it won't hold up i'm still predicting that cinderella will probably hold out for longer maybe but it just didn't it didn't pop as much as jungle book and maybe I liked the Jungle Book cartoon more, so it meant more to me. And then Beauty and the Beast is third because it did less of both of those things. It added less to the story, and the CG wasn't as good. So there you go. And then Alice in Wonderland uh, 1 and 2 are just below that, wherever you want to put them. doesn't matter. All right. I think that's all I want to say for this week. Thank you for listening. Please. 
tell me what you liked uh, or tell me how where you stand on this the how much of a movie snob you are how and what you thought of Beauty and the Beast the cartoon and the live action movie um let's see so movie snob cartoon movie that's that's the way you say it in the tweet that way you can fit it into 140 characters so you can tweet that to at bargain bin movie pod on twitter you can also follow the podcast at bargain bin movie pod on instagram and you can follow me at game in the box uh wherever so thanks for listening and i'll catch you next week goodbye hey bonus opinion after the fact does bell have stockholm syndrome no she doesn't she comes back to the beast after he lets her well after she escapes and then he again after he lets her go and she's just you know large and in charge and a total uh badass female character you know female-led movie because she's awesome yeah so shut up about this stockholm syndrome thing oh my gosh you and mcgregor was in this movie